the ending of a relationship, even if it was your own choice, even if you were the one that wanted that separation, there, there definitely is grief. And having to really get your head around all this information in such a tumultuous time, it can be, it can be really hard. Welcome to another episode of the Ageless Conversations podcast. I'm Tamika from TamikaMcTeer.com. If you are new to the podcast, here's what you need to know. We are a community that believes that there is no age that defines the life of every woman. So every week you'll hear a conversation that I know will inspire you to change your mindset, gain confidence, and live a lifestyle thriving, not determined by age. Joining us today on the podcast, we have Stacey Francis. Stacey is the president and CEO of Francis Financial, a fee-only boutique wealth management, financial planning, and divorce financial planning firm dedicated to providing ongoing comprehensive advice for successful individuals, couples, and women in transition such as divorce and widowhood. She's a certified financial planner, certified divorce financial analyst, and certified estate and trust specialist with over 20 years of experience in the financial industry. Stacy is also the founder of a nonprofit of Savvy Ladies, host of the Financially Ever After podcast, and the author of White Paper, Unveiling Spoken Truth, The Financial Challenges Women Face During and After Divorce, and Financial Help for Widows, a Complete Resource Guide. She is a nationally recognized financial expert, being one of 20 of the nation's leading wealth managers on the CNBC's Digital Financial Advisor Council, a member of the Forest Financial Council, as well as an expert contributor to the Wall Street Journal. She has appeared in hundreds of media outlets and has received numerous industry awards, among them Forbes Top Women Women Advisors, Investopedia's 100 Top Wealth Advisors, Investment News Top 20 Women to Watch in the United States, and Financial Planning Magazine's Pro Bono Award. Stacy, welcome to the Ageless Conversations podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Excited to have you here. Was looking forward to this conversation. And so let's just go ahead and dive right in today, Stacey. But before I talk to you a little bit more about what you specifically do, what your firm and everything like that offers, I'd love to just get like a little backstory on you personally, just to get to know you a little bit more. So outside of your bio, what's something that people will find very interesting um, that wasn't shared? Well, I have learned indoor skydiving during COVID. My daughter, I have a 13-year-old daughter, and when COVID first hit, uh, all over, you know, like every kid, there was no more soccer, there was no more martial arts, there was no more anything. And I was really struggling to think of like, what's something that we can do for her that she would really enjoy that's safe? And while indoor skydiving, there is more air around you than you can ever imagine. So she started going and then asked if I could join her. And so now we do indoor skydiving. We actually go in the tunnel together. And I have to say, it's the coolest thing. I never in a million years thought that I would, you know, do something like that, but we love it and we're having fun. Did you have any fears around it before actually saying yes, when your daughter presented that you know, idea to you. Yeah. Yeah. So Tamika, I don't know if you ever find yourself identifying with this or if any of your listeners do, but when you're doing indoor skydiving, especially in the beginning, you, you don't really have control. It, you know, it's the wind that is controlling you and that can feel, um, it can feel really scary. 
until you get to a point. Now I can skydive on my own. I don't need an instructor. I can, you know, move around. I can go up and down and I can control what I do. But my gosh, the first like year, it, it was really kind of scary, you know, to, to like not have control. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I like the perspective in which you share. You try something new, but the idea of not having, you know, full control and now whatever the process is that they teach now you have control though. So yeah, you just had to yeah. trust the process and yourself. It sounds like. Yeah. And, and, and keep on having courage to go back, you know, keep on having courage. So that, yeah, that's cool. And so I know that you have a heavy background in the financial space and things like that. And for you personally, when you think about money, how, did you see it modeled for you as a child or do you have any memory of that? That's actually one of my favorite questions because I feel like for all of us, sometimes it takes a little digging, but that first memory of money really means a lot. And I, one of my most important memories and first memories was making money, doing grass cutting. I started a little business and it allowed me to buy clothes. And I know that seems very materialistic, but my entire life I had gone to a religious private school, Catholic school, and, you know, worn the same little dress for seven years. Mm. And then going into middle school, not having, I mean, I had clothes, but like, you know, I had worn a Catholic school uniform for my entire life. So I really didn't have clothes in that way. And I needed to earn money to be able to buy them. And I will tell you, Tamika, it really gave me self-confidence that, my gosh, I can earn money. And I got a job at Dairy Queen and did really well at Dairy Queen, too, not to mention, you know, love their ice cream. I love a so, good blizzard. I love a good blizzard or peanut butter parfait. I know. Uh, they're Queen. so good. <laughs> and can you imagine they're working there full time? Like Man. that was like during my break, I could have anything I wanted. It was amazing. It was amazing. And of course, a nice paycheck too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. But I love how you took some of your money and used it on yourself. And it sounds like that it was beneficial in a way that it gave you just joy because like yeah. you said, it, it boosts your confidence. You were used to going through school and just wearing the same thing. So nothing exciting about the outfit. Same thing, different day, same thing, different yeah. day. And then just to get that opportunity. But I got to say, um, listening to you say how you cut grass. Yeah, that's not something I would have signed up for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but most people wouldn't. But I will tell you, um, you know, it, it really worked for me. And, you know, I I, I, I had a kind of a, a sad background, too, in that I, I watched my grandmother. She was in a, a really unhealthy relationship. My grandfather did not treat her, her well, really did not. And saw how she felt financially trapped in that marriage. And that was a, a really huge lesson for me. It actually shaped who I was as a woman. I ended up creating a beautiful charity in her name called Savvy Ladies. And we now work with women in need and match them one-on-one -on -one with a financial advisor to work free of charge. And we have accountants and financial advisors and lawyers. And we've already made over 2,000 matches just this year between women in need and, and help others helping. And we also have hundreds of different TED Talk like financial literacy videos and live webinars, and it's all pro bono. And, you know, she really inspired me to learn this 
And she also taught me how dangerous it could be for women who don't understand money because that marriage I, I didn't share before, but it was actually very abusive and she ended up passing away from the abuse. Oh, wow. So for me, money and actually earning money became my way of protecting myself, if you could say, of, you know, I need to, I need to take care of myself. I mm-hmm. need to learn about this or else, my God, this, this could possibly happen to me. Thank, thank so you for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely <laughs> motivated by fear, but you know, sometimes fear motivates us pretty, pretty, pretty significantly. Yeah. Wow. Like I said, thank you so much for sharing that. And I think what you're doing is pretty powerful. What a way to celebrate your grandmother, her using her story as one that you can still go on and use to impact the world, to assist other women in prevention of having themselves to be in a situation where they feel like they can't leave. And so that'll segue us into my next question then. Obviously, you just shared a little bit about the story and the background of your grandmother, but you have this thriving business now that specifically supports individuals, couples, and women, specifically in that transition period. So if you can, I know that you started the savvy business, but then how did you transition over into now what you have, something even bigger? No, I appreciate that question because a lot of people, it, it can be confusing. You you know, you're the founder of the nonprofit and then we have this amazing wealth management business where the year after I founded Savvy Lady, so that was 21 years ago, if you can believe it, I was 26 and boy, I had a lot of passion, a lot of energy and thank goodness because I needed it. And so I created this beautiful charity and I there very quickly realized that a charity can only do as much good work as the amount of money it has. Mm-hmm. And coming from the Midwest, I didn't quite realize that. Now I do. And I understand that charities don't, you know, just easily operate. They need, they really do need significant funding. And so I started Francis Financial the year after to make sure that I was financially successful, that I could essentially support not only my family and myself, but I could support this extremely important nonprofit. And here we are 21 years later, you know, Francis Financial, we now manage about $450 million. We have Mm -hmm. 222 clients. And last year we were the fastest growing female owned firm, one of the fastest growing female owned firm in the United States. So I feel phenomenally blessed. And we work with two very different groups of women too, which I think is very important. Through Savvy Ladies, we tend to work with women who are very much struggling financially. They are women in need and we have very strong partnerships with a lot of um, organizations that serve women who are, you know, getting back on their feet after very difficult time. And then through Francis Financial, we tend to work with quite wealthy women. Quite frankly, our average client has about $2 million with us that we manage for them. And we help her, particularly if her husband has passed away and she's on her own or helping her through a divorce. And I I love that there's such a distinct difference in the populations mm-hmm. we serve so that I can feel very comfortable both serving women in need and then also be able to serve women who need have needs as well, right? A lot of the they, women they we work the with. They have higher financial network, but there's, there's still things. significant needs. I know mm-hmm. I was talking to a woman who her husband passed away. She has a 17 month old little girl and she received life insurance money. So she fits our, our, our minimum 
of that $2 million, but, you know, she hasn't worked and they don't own a home. Mm. And she's thinking like, what do I, like, do I now buy a home with no mortgage because mortgage rates are so high? Do I not do that, continue to rent, but I need to leave, move towards my family and they live in New York City and rent is so expensive, but I need to be near them because I need the additional support. Mm-hmm. Do I need to go back to work? What does that look like? How do I invest this money? I mean, just the myriad of questions. And, you know, it's it's really, it's really phenomenally rewarding work because at the end of the day, with both Savvy Ladies and Francis Financial, you're really helping and you're giving someone a chance to have knowledge that they can make good decisions that really put them on a, a, a solid, secure financial track. And every woman deserves that. Yeah. Now, I want to ask you specifically, now, when you're working with the couples, the couples that you get the chance to work with, are they coming to you because they're in transition in transition and trying to figure out how to do their finances after or during the separation, or is it couples that are, are financially struggling or have some bumps and they're trying to smooth things out? So, yeah, so we'll have um, both individuals. So usually it's a, a woman who wants to get a divorce or in the divorce process and will consult with us of, of really asking that question of what should I be doing financially? What should I be thinking about? You know, they you typically have a matrimonial attorney, but a lot of matrimonial attorneys, the majority don't go to law school because they love numbers. On the other side, we do have couples that will come to us that are, you know, struggling to make their marriage work and have questions. And we can definitely, you know, speak to them and make sure that they have the right resources, help them as well. And often we'll have couples, we just had a couple come to us happily married, but she just got a a job offer. And the question is, should she take it? Um, Hmm. The salary is lower, but there are all these other benefits and restricted stock units and, you know, stock options and some other incentive pay. And like, what should we do? Can we afford to do our remodel now that we would have to refinance the house and the rates are at 7%. There's a lot of questions that they have. And, you know, one of the questions, if she takes this new job, she'll be working more hours. And so can they afford more help at home to support, you know, her at home? It's really fascinating, but you are right, Tamika. I tend to find that people reach out to us, whether it's Savvy Ladies or it's Francis Financial, Something has shifted in their life. Mm-hmm. Something has shifted in their life that they realize they don't have all the information they need to be able to make a decision that they're 100% confident about. And so very smartly are reaching out to say, okay, I want to hire a professional who who really specializes in this so that I make the right decision, yeah. whatever whatever that might be. And do you feel that once you had that opportunity to sit with them and provide, you know, whatever feedback it is that you're given based on their situation, they they walk away definitely feeling more equipped to tackle whatever that challenge is that has been presented before them? Yeah. So we're a little obsessive compulsive with numbers. We love numbers. And it's funny because I never, as a little girl, I always sat in the back of math class never raised my hand. But once I started taking my certified financial planning courses, I found how exciting this work is and actually 
how numbers are actually, they, they are not intimidating. In fact, what they do is they tell a story. And so what we do, Tamika, is that we'll take someone's hopes and dreams, whether it's retiring at a certain age, paying off their mortgage, buying a house, sending their kids to college, and we create a financial roadmap out to age 95 with every expense they currently have and are expected to have in retirement with all the different scenarios. And it gives them such peace of mind to be able to essentially have a crystal ball into their financial future. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you that sometimes when we run different scenarios, they don't work. Yeah. But wow, isn't that a gift to see that, you know what? I can't afford to buy a vacation home. It's going to put my family in financial risk as much as I would love to do that for my family. It's just not going to work. And that may not work, but what could we do? Maybe we could, you know, one month a year, rent a house in the Poconos in Pennsylvania instead and that totally works. So there's always a way and it's almost like being Sherlock Holmes to be able to figure <laughs> out like, how, how are we going to make this work? Because you can have anything. We say this, you can have anything, but you may not be able to have everything. And so part of the work that we do and that everyone should think about of what's important to me. And I feel like in particular, COVID was a great opportunity where all of us are spending changed. It changed. And there are many things that we didn't spend money on that we didn't miss. But then there were other things that were just so important that we really miss. And so having that conscious thought to just sit down even with a piece of paper and write that, you know, your your list on the right side of the things that you really miss that mean so much to you and bring you happiness that you mm -hmm. couldn't buy or, you know, are, are able to do so now. And those things that you, you really didn't miss. And I will tell you, it's really interesting because the, the things that really bring you enjoyment that you spend your money on tend to be a lot, lot fewer, you know, a lot fewer than the, um, than you may think. You know, it's, yeah. it's often, it's not the Gucci bag. It's not <laughs> right. It's not, it's instead, I mean, we see this like travel mm -hmm. experiences, things that, you know, essentially just enrich our lives and, and make us who they, who, who we really are and how we show up. Yeah. For the women that come to you and they are in transition, specifically transition as it relates to preparing for a divorce and things like that. Have you found that they were kind of aware of maybe what their financial situation was like in the marriage? Or have you found that it's all new to them? They're finding out things or maybe accounts or everything about their finances is just new to them. Where do they typically lie as it relates to that topic? Well, it's interesting because we we actually did a survey. We interviewed 150 women that had gone through divorce and we asked them this question. Mm -hmm. And we asked them, you know, what was your role around money in your marriage? Mm -hmm. And anyone who would like to make there, I have a beautiful white paper that I wrote. It's about 40 pages. And it also includes charts and checklists of like things to think about going through divorce and after. 
it's right on our website at www.francisfinancial.com. You'll see it right there called Unveiling the Unspoken Truth. It's Women, Divorce, and Money. The majority of the women we interviewed had a very active role in the day-to-day bill paying. Very active. Some of them actually were 100% responsible for that. The areas where we found far fewer women really taking an an active role was in the long-term investing financial planning. So the investment accounts, retirement accounts, taxable accounts, savings accounts, working with the accountant, long-term understanding, is this enough? What does that look like? What's my sustainable withdrawal rate from our portfolio? Only about a third of the women actually had some type of role along with their, their previous partner. And that really put them financially behind as they went into the divorce negotiation Mm. process, or even if she wasn't getting a divorce, put her behind if God forbid her spouse passed away, because not having a, a clear picture of what all those assets are and Mm -hmm. the corresponding liabilities, there's a lot of getting up to speed and you're having to get up to speed at a time when you are not your best and widow's fog is very real. And I know we don't call it widow's fog going through a, through a divorce or a separation, but it is very hard to really think in, a, in an effective way, because that same grief that someone would have go, of being a widow, there is grief with the loss of a relationship. Yeah. The, the ending of a relationship, even if it was your own choice, even if you were the one that wanted that separation, mm-hmm. there, there definitely is grief. And having to really get your head around all this information in such a tumultuous time, it can be, it can be really hard. And so what I tell everyone, whether you're in a happy relationship or not, whether you are in a relationship or not at all, understanding where your money is and where those dollars are in each of those accounts is not a nice to know. It's really, Tamika, it's a must know. And it's the most wonderful gift you could ever give yourself and actually give your family too. Yeah. Yeah. Thank, thanks for answering. Going further into that, because I was just going to ask you, regardless of marital status, yeah. what is it that women need to be doing to make sure that they are really financially secure? Yeah. And are, are prepared and, and know, yeah, just like they're prepared for next steps in case in the event. Yeah. It, it really is important because Eight out of 10 women, 80% of all women, at some point, we're going to be solely responsible for making decisions around our finances on our own. And we typically don't have a heads up when that's going to happen. And so, you know, if you, if you look to your right, you, you know, you look to your left, most likely all three of you are going to be, you know, having to do that and, and have a hundred percent responsibility for making those financial decisions. So this is, this is really important. I mean, you know, you need to go get a mammogram, mm-hmm. right? 
and you need to People go to your o- that though. <laughs> I know, I know. You need to go to your OBGYN, you know, your gynecologist at least, you know, your gynecologist at least once once a year. You should be looking at this and and I would say more. I would say at least quarterly. And while it may not excite everyone here, there are some great tools that make staying on top of your finances a breeze. And Personal Capital, if you go to that website, they've got a great resource that you can link your accounts and then log in to see where they are. If you don't want to be at Personal Capital, there's also Mint.com. They don't have a bank associated with them. They're really just a software. It's very safe and secure too. So Mint.com, that's actually what I use. Mm -hmm. And I can log in and every day, which I don't do because I would drive myself crazy. And don't, <laughs> I'm not saying to anyone, do not log in every day because you, you you will have a heart attack. But like once a quarter or once a month, see where, you know, where your checking accounts are, your savings accounts at the, all the different banks, see where you're at with all your credit cards, look at your retirement accounts, if you have any brokerage accounts, you can connect them. You can connect your mortgage. You can connect your auto loan, your lease. It's just such a beautiful way to stay on top of your finances. And if you really want to be an overachiever, when you connect it to your credit cards, you can have them take that information and then categorize it so that I can go in and see, okay, where is my spending? And I can compare it to my ideal budget that I put in there to see, Mm -hmm. am I tracking roughly to what I want to be spending. And there are some months where I'm, you know, definitely over on travel and then others I'm under, but then I can look at the long term to see, okay, you know, over the last six months, has my travel been roughly what I want it to be? Because we do know our expenses are going to change every month. I mean, the yeah. only ones that are not going to change is like the rent payment and the mortgage and, car you know, payment. a few, yeah, car payment, a few of those, but, but everything else, typically does change. And so it has the ability where you can look at long-term where you are. And it's a nice way. My grandma used to have, used to write things down, you know, every single expense. And quite frankly, I've tried that. It doesn't work. I, I just, it doesn't work for me. And so the online tool really allows that same consciousness of my spending and, and tracking, but takes literally like minutes each month to be able yeah. to review. What do you enjoy most about the work that you get to do? Well, you could tell I love what I do. You know, I I so love what I do because I really feel like I'm making a difference and it's really challenging. It's challenging from the numbers perspective. I'm I'm always learning. I I'm I'm just always learning whether like, you know, for someone being able to do what's called a backdoor Roth or, you know, a certain tax benefit that if we do this and that, or, um, share some more about that backdoor Roth, but the person that's listening is like, Oh, that just sounds like terminology. So for most people, you cannot 
contribute to a Roth IRA. Well, I don't want to say most people. That's not true. There are income limits. There yeah, are I was going to say limits. dollar amounts. Yeah. Yeah. There are there are income limits. And what so, is it? Once you get over two hundred thousand, that's when the yeah, back door. That's kicks when in. it starts to yeah. you know not not allow mm-hmm. you to to do mm-hmm. that. And so if you if you can be able to go and you know contribute to a Roth IRA, you can you can do that. You can also contribute if if you're below that two hundred ten thousand. If you also have a 401k at work, now this is really important because a lot of people don't realize that many times, in fact, the majority of 401ks at work now have a Roth option, which means that you can put that $17,000 in or or the dollar amount that that you're able to do so based on your age, Mm -hmm. you can put it in to a Roth IRA and they don't care what you earn. There's, There's no income issue. Now, before I, I jump into the backdoor Roth, I, what I want to explain is like, why would you do this? Like, why is it so amazing to put money in a regular IRA, a regular Roth IRA versus a traditional IRA? Well, Roth, and the way I remember this, Tamika, Roth starts with an R. It's really, really, really good. And what it does is all the dollars you put into that Roth IRA or Roth 401k, it continues to grow. And when you take it out, you get a hundred percent of it tax free. Mm-hmm. Uncle Sam is not there anywhere to be found with a traditional or rollover IRA, regular IRA, or a regular tradition K. When you take that money out, Uncle Sam is there and comes to you. You pay taxes on it as if those dollars, as they're distributed to you, were your salary as if they came to you in your paycheck. Mm-hmm. And so federal state, if you live in a place like California or New York, you might be paying local taxes too. Mm-hmm. Social Security and Medicare. And you know that means that for every dollar, you could be paying 30, 40, even 45 cents to the government, and then you get the balance. So it's a pretty amazing way for you to be able to actually in a Roth, be able to put put money away. There, there's also what's called mega backdoor Roth, and it's a type of it's a little bit complicated, but it's a type of retirement vehicle that allows high income individuals to put money in that Roth IRA that they wouldn't normally be allowed to do so because of the income limits mm-hmm. that we that we spoke about, and so. What you're able to do is you're able to um, open a, a, one way is to open an IRA, regular IRA, put money in and then quickly convert it on over to a Roth. That's, That's one way. Another way is that you can do this through an employer and you can put money into a IRA, take it into a 401k and then roll it out into a Roth IRA. So there are a lot of options that you can do. It's a little bit complex, but ultimately looking at some of these strategies, talking to either your financial advisor or your accountant is definitely well worth the conversation, well worth the conversation because it gives you a, a lot of flexibility when you do take money out also. For example, 
if you're in a lower tax bracket when you retire, then maybe you don't want to take money out of the Roth IRA. You could take it out of your your regular IRA because you're in a lower tax bracket. And so every dollar you take out, instead of being, you know, paying 30 cents or 40 cents, maybe only paying 20, 20 cents. Mm-hmm. And then you can ideally leave as an asset the Roth IRA to your children. Because when they get it, it gets to continue to grow. And as they need to take it out, well, they get that out again, tax-free. So there's a lot of really interesting things that you can do that can help you save for your future and also save on taxes. Yeah. Thank you for breaking that down, Stacey. I appreciate that. So before I let you go, I have what I call just our final four. I'm just going to ask you four short questions and you just respond with the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Sure, sure. All right. So the first one is describe age in four words or less. Age in four words or less. Only getting better. I love it. Okay. This one is a fill in the blank for you. My name is and age has taught me. My name is Stacy and age has taught me to enjoy life. And have happiness be your biggest asset. I love that. Are you asked for permission or asked for forgiveness? I always ask for forgiveness. Why? I believe that you should be bold and go after what you want versus asking permission for that. All right. Are you comfortable silences or nonstop conversation? I am more comfortable with nonstop conversation. Okay. I'm still working on how to be comfortable with silence. <laughs> All right, Stacy. What final words do you have for our listeners and what can, where can they connect with you after this podcast? You know, I my, my words are, I just would love to say, I, I I feel like this is not rocket science. There are a lot of financial experts out there that might make you think that. But you know what? Any woman can do this, really. And it doesn't mean you have to do it alone. But but we can't. We really can. And don't let the pundits on TV that are talking a million miles an hour about XYZ stock make you think that, again, this is rocket science or that this is out of out of your reach. And if anyone has questions, I want to give you two resources. So the first, of course, is Savvy Ladies. As Again, we work pro bono with anyone who needs support. And you can go to the website, www.savvyladies.com. And I guess, so again, Savvy has two Vs because it's very, very good. And then if you're looking for a financial advisor, if, if that's something that you feel like would be helpful and um you just like to bounce some ideas off or have us look at your portfolio and do an x-ray analysis for you just to give you a better picture of like, how are you allocated? Is this right? Is this the right way to invest? And what are some tweaks if, if there should be any? And you can go to www.francisfinancial.com. Two great resources. And my hope is that with these resources, wherever someone's listening today, wherever, however they're showing up, how however they find themselves in need of support, that there's there's a, a option and a solution for them. Thank you so much for your time today. I've enjoyed this conversation with you, Stacey. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to the Ageless Conversations podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others or leave a rating and review. Your review really does help others find out about the podcast. As always, you can head over to my website now at TamikaMixier.com to sign up for my email list, as well as check out the links and resources in the show notes. That's all for this episode. Talk to you all next week.